Would you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Uh, in your, your bulletin, it says that I'm going to be preaching from Matthew 25. Uh, the bulletin is wrong. I'm going to be taking a look at 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And would you stand with me? I'm going to read this passage for us today. Peter writes, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And other translations translate verse 10 that uh, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, being a good steward of God's grace in its various forms. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our God in heaven, we pray now as we turn to your word that you would speak to us in this particular moment in our church's history. Uh, Lord, that it would not be my words or my ideas that speak to us, but that it would be your words to us as your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As most of you know by now, and as, as David mentioned already, uh, the elders believe that God is leading our church to do some major renovation on our building that God has given us here. Uh, this building in this downtown location is a great blessing to us and to the community. This property has been here for over 150 years in Fort Wayne. That's an amazing thing. Over 150 years at this location where God's people gather for worship every single Sunday for 150 years. That's an amazing thing to think. And our church, Broadway Christian Church, has been using this property for over 40 years for the ministry that God has called us to. And we are blessed with this property, with this beautiful sanctuary, this beautiful old architecture, this beautiful sanctuary that points us to our beautiful God. We also know, though, that a building of 150 years old, 150 years comes with limitations and with challenges, and God has given us this property, and we are called to be good stewards of it to make sure that this building is the most useful it can be for carrying out the mission that God has given to us in this place. And so the elders believe we have some clear direction. It seems right to the Holy Spirit and to us to move in this direction, these next steps that we need to take to steward this property well. And so these sermons for the next three weeks are to prepare us as a church family together for this project and for all that this project will entail over the next year or two. I want us, as your pastor, I want us to all be on the same page. I want us to all know what's happening as much as is possible. And most importantly, I want us to do this together as a family. 
And so for the next three weeks, our sermons are going to be letting you know some of what's going to be happening, some of how we can be doing this together. But I want to tell you today that this is not going to be a fundraising pitch. I promise. I want to speak from the scriptures about what it means to be a good steward, about what it means to to use our money and our property for the glory of God, and I'm going to leave it with you to seek the Lord's direction in the ways that he's calling you to give. Okay? I do not want to use this pulpit as a fundraising place. It's not what this is for. I'm called as your pastor to preach God's word to you and then apply that to our life as a church. And so today I want to preach God's word to you about stewardship and then apply that to this particular situation here at our church at this time in our life. Does that make sense? Okay. So everybody can take a deep breath. You know, Ryan's not going to, you know, yeah. About two and a half years ago, the elders began thinking about the ways that God may be calling us to do some renovation of this property in ways that would be more useful for our ministries here. And for the, year, oh, the entire year of 2015, uh, your elders prayed and they fasted about God's direction. So throughout the course of that year, uh, one elder took one day of the week and they would pray and fast about this. And uh, then, you know, once a month or every other month or so, we would talk about the way that we felt like God was leading us. And we probably took a half a dozen uh, walks around our property just examining what, what needs worked on, what needs improved, what areas could we, um, could we improve on. And God has led us very clearly to a few areas where we could be better stewards of this property I'm going to share a little bit more detail about this later today, but just here at the beginning so that those of you who haven't been a part of the house meetings that we've been hosting in the last couple of months or are unfamiliar with this, can, so you can know a little bit about what we're doing um, as I talk about stewardship. One, uh, we own the Rock Hill building, which is the house right over here to the west, the west. And uh, that, that building is also a very old building, and right now it's being used primarily for our youth group. And so we are in the process right now already of improving the youth ministry space, Entourage. As well as doing some general renovation over there and upkeep of it. Uh, there's some fellowship spaces uh, in our church that could be better utilized. We're going to be working on that. There's some improvement of children's ministry spaces that we're going to be doing. We're going to be um, installing an elevator that will get to all the floors of our building. And then also <laughs> some... Was, was that David's back I heard? I don't know. Um, and then just some general upkeep and improving of the property. In a few minutes, I'll share some of the details of those projects. But our theme for this whole project is connecting our family together and connecting our community to Christ. Everything that we're planning to do is for those purposes, to connect our family together and to connect our community to Christ. Let me talk first about this idea of connecting our family together. One of the first responsibilities that we have as a church is to be a place where we as a church are connecting as a family together. This includes a couple different dimensions. It includes, first of all, our vertical dimension as we are children of our Heavenly Father. 
as well as our, the horizontal dimension as we are brothers and sisters in Christ together. So let's talk first about the importance of this vertical relationship with our Heavenly Father. One of the greatest gifts that Jesus gives to us when we come to Him is that He makes us His brothers, his brothers and sisters, which means that we are children of God. This is one of the loudest and clearest and most consistent themes that run throughout the New Testament, that we are beloved children of God. Because of his love for us, God has invited us into his family and has made us his children. And we see this throughout the New Testament writers. And Jesus modeled this relationship with his heavenly father in his own life when he taught his disciples how to pray. When you pray, pray like this. Pray to our Father. And we say that prayer so often, but that was, when his disciples heard that, when other people heard Jesus calling God his father, it was scandalous that Jesus would call God father. And then he invites us to address God in the same way. Throughout the letters, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul says, God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into his heart and that spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. First John, another New Testament writer, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, he says. When you come to Christ, you have the great privilege of coming to know God as Father. You are part of a new family. So part of our calling here as a church is to connect our family together, to connect those of us who are here, a part of Broadway, to their Heavenly Father through our various ministries, from zero to a hundred or older, if there's anybody who gets there. All the ministries of our church are con to connect us to our Heavenly Father. Then there's this horizontal dimension, our relationships with one another. As we are children of God, we are also then invited into relationships with one another where we call each other brother and sister. And all of these projects in one way or another are for the purpose of connect, better connecting us to one another and making sure that the building that God has given to us is as useful as it can be in bringing us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Right away, the last week and a half, I have been so blessed as I've been paying attention to the way that we live as brothers and sisters in Christ. And it started for me on Good Friday. And for those of you who were, uh, were able to join us, we, we went to another church across the, the street, the Lutheran Church, and joined with them uh, for the Good Friday service. And I don't know, it was just, there was something about watching Broadway people interact with one another there at a different location that helped me to see how much we truly care for one another and love each other. You know, we do it all here every Sunday. We love one another. We pray for each other. There's hugs, there's tears, there's laughter, but it just kind of becomes like the, you know, the wallpaper on the wall. You kind of don't notice it when it's all here, but when it was there, I saw the way that we care for each other, and it was a precious, precious thing for me. I've told half a dozen people about that experience from last Good Friday. Yesterday, Bam. Big, awesome marriage, okay? We had, a, had a, marriage, a marriage day away. And 
Then we had a guest speaker from Wallen Baptist Church who came apart, and Katie and I were talking to his wife afterwards, and she made specific uh, notice of how, of the, the uh, 40 or so of us that were there, that she saw that there were no cliques. There were no, like, six people who were always together, that we interacted across ages, and we were all together sitting around the table, and they specifically noticed that and took note of the way that Broadway people interact with one another. Praise God of the family that we are becoming here. We want to make sure that the building that we have will be as useful as it can be uh, to bring us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then also I want to talk about the wider church family here in Fort Wayne, because there is only one church in Fort Wayne, right? It's only one church. We are all together. The 350-so churches in Fort Wayne, we are the one church of Jesus Christ in Fort Wayne. I want to say to you that throughout the history of our church, that we have been a gathering place for the church in Fort Wayne for a very, very long time. Back in the the 90s, maybe into the 80s, there was a spiritual renewal conference that Pastor Bob and others led where uh, there was uh, individuals who came in and taught on uh, being led by the Spirit and taught about prayer. And the church in Fort Wayne gathered here in this place in order to be a part of those. Uh, Pastor Bob and others organized uh, picketing of the porn shop down here on this corner and in a couple other places in the city. And for, uh, Broadway was a gathering place for the church in that way. Right now, inasmuch our, our ministry, our benevolence ministry to the poor here in Fort Wayne combines 28 different churches here in Fort Wayne that come together for this ministry. A couple summers ago, Revive Indiana, we were one of the places where the church came together in order to be together and to worship God together and to go out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We host Perspectives on World Missions classes. Right now, we are hosting Celebrate Recovery as a church here in the center of our city. We have a unique role in being a connecting place for the church in Fort Wayne. And we want to make sure that our church is as useful as it can be to play that role here in the city. We're also called to be a church that connects our community to Christ. There are men and women and children all around us, in our neighborhoods around us, here in West Central and downtown, who do not know God as Father. Men and women and children around us who need the experience of having brothers and sisters in Christ to care for them, as you have because you're a part of Broadway. The ministries here at our church are here with that great hope that people will come to know Jesus through whatever ministries that we have. And we want to be sure that our building is as useful as it can be to accomplish that aspect of our mission as a church. So all of the projects that we're doing as elders is to connect our family together, our family with their father, and our brothers and sisters in Christ with one another, and to connect our community to Christ. 1 Peter chapter 4, the passage that we read just a few minutes ago, talks about this idea of being a steward. A steward is, is not a word that we use a lot in English anymore. It's not really a concept that we use very much, but a steward is someone who has been given something to take care of that does not belong to them, that belongs to someone else. If you are a steward, you're someone that's been given something to take care of that does not belong to you. So in Jesus' day, uh, there would be landowners who would own this land. They would give this 
piece of land to a person for a particular time and they would go away. The landowner would go away and they wouldn't kind of be managing the property at all. They would say, I'm giving you this land for this time. I want you to manage it and steward it in whatever way that you see best in order to benefit me and whatever that I'm doing. And so that person was a steward who received that land for that, that time. A steward is someone who has been given something that belongs to someone else for the purpose of taking care of it for the owner. First Peter 4. Each person has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Everyone has gifts from God, and we're called to be good stewards of those gifts. A steward is someone who's been given something that doesn't belong to them in order to take care of it for a time. Now, very often in the church, when we talk about being a steward, or when we talk about stewardship, it's been reduced to only talking about money, right? We focus on this thing called money when we talk about stewardship. I want to challenge that idea of stewardship. That the idea of stewardship given to us in the scriptures is much bigger than just what we happen to do with our money. A steward is someone who possesses something that does not belong to them, who has been given something for a time to take care of. It's unfortunate that the idea of stewardship in the church has been reduced to the 10% or the tithe or whatever offering you might give on Sunday morning. Because friends, we are stewards of everything that we have. Our time, the breath in our lungs, our talents and our gifts and our money, and not only the portion of money that we give here on Sunday morning, but all of the money that we have, we are stewards of it. In other words, it's been given to us as a gift. It doesn't belong to us, and we're to use it for the sake of the owner. If you read throughout the scriptures, this idea of being a steward can be traced through the whole of scripture. It begins at the very early parts of the Bible in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. From the very beginning, human beings were given the task of being stewards. God makes human beings, and he places them in this beautiful garden called Eden, and he says to Adam and Eve, here is this garden. I've made it. It belongs to me. I'm giving it to you, and you take care of it. Human beings from the beginning have always been stewards of whatever they have been given. We've been given the gift of our time and our material resources, our money, our home, our possessions. We've been given talents and abilities. We've been given a mind and a body. And the Bible teaches us that all of those things belong to God already. We are to ask the Lord how we choose all of those things for his glory. 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace or being a good steward. And then he gives a couple of examples. So if you have the gift of being able to speak, speak the very words of God. If you um, serve, do it with strength. For what purpose? So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Each one of you use whatever gift you've been given to be a good steward so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I want to think together as a church about being stewards. Not of 
our individual money, but we as a church at Broadway, stewards of two other things. That we're called to be stewards of the mission that God has given to us, and stewards of the place that God has given to us. Stewards of our mission and stewards of our place. And these two things go hand in hand. Stewards of our mission, stewards of our place. For those of you who do not know this story, this is important for you to hear. For those of you who do know this story, this is important for you to hear again. (laughs) Pastor Bob Yalberg, over 40 years ago, was called to plant a church from North Highlands Church. And he and a group of people from that church uh, went out and they were looking for property and they found a property somewhat north of here and they had purchased a plot of land or I think they thought they had purchased a plot of land and then something happened with the economy at that time and they lost that opportunity to build there. So they began to pray and to seek God's direction. Pastor Bob knew that he was called to lead a church and to plant a church. And so they began to pray very fervently about where this would be. And about that time, the mayor of Fort Wayne at that time called a group of church leaders together. And the mayor at that time said, you know what? Downtown Fort Wayne is really struggling. And we need to make sure that we have strong and vibrant faith communities in downtown Fort Wayne. And Pastor Bob believed that that was a word from the Lord for him. And so he began praying and seeking out opportunities to minister in downtown Fort Wayne. And this church was being sold. And so Pastor Bob and the church, they purchased this church building. And have been minister- we've been ministering here as Broadway Christian Church ever since. Friends, we are inheritors of that story. We are inheritors of that calling that Pastor Bob and others received over 40 years ago. We are inheritors of that same mission and that same calling to be a vibrant faith community here in downtown Fort Wayne. We have been sent here and we have a responsibility to steward that mission, to steward that mission today. If you are a part of our church, you have a calling to use your gifts, whatever it is that God has given you, to be a part of this mission, to be ambassadors of the good news of Jesus Christ here in our city. So very closely related to our being good stewards of our mission is to understand that as the church, that we need to be good stewards of our place, of our location, of our neighborhood, and of our city. Paul writes his letters to churches, and each of those churches lived in particular places, and whenever he wrote his letters, he wrote and he addressed them to the saints in Christ Jesus, sort of the faithful in Christ Jesus, who are also in Ephesus, who are also in Colossae, who are also in the city of Corinth. To the church in Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, he reminds the church that they have two locations— that they have a spiritual location in Christ, and that they have an earthly location here on earth. And they belong to, and they are responsible for both of those relationships. And what I want to say to you today is the location of the church, where we are located, is more than just a place on the map. The place where we are as the church is our mission field. 
We have been given the responsibility by God for our place, for the people who live here, for the particular injustices that are taking place here, for the particular kinds of poverty that are happening here. The local church, our local church, does not exist only for the benefit of us. The church exists for the sake of the place where it is located. And if we're going to be a faithful church, then the life and ministries of our church are going to be unique to this particular place, to the needs of this neighborhood, to the needs of this city, paying attention to the work that God is doing already in this place and in this city. The church is not a franchise. The church is not a brand. The church is called to be a unique, each local church is called to be unique to its local place. Last summer, our family went and uh, we drove to visit friends down in Arkansas. And somewhere in the middle of Missouri, we stopped to get milkshakes at Steak and Shake. And you know what? The Steak and Shake in central Missouri looked exactly like the Steak and Shake on Coldwater Road. Exactly the same. Same black and white tile floor, same white shirts and bow ties for their employees, same silly take home a sack neon sign above the cash register, and the chocolate peanut butter milkshake tastes exactly the same. And that's amazing. (laughs) And that's great for a company that wants people to consume their product. But the church is not a franchise. And the members of churches are not customers getting served a product to meet the needs, to meet their own wants and desires. The church is the people of God, filled with the Spirit of God, sent into the world to be ambassadors for the good news of Jesus. And so every church must take into consideration the challenges and the opportunities of their particular place. Broadway has done that really well. Broadway has done that really well. The beginnings of Inasmuch, which I mentioned earlier, that now has 28 other churches and it serves thousands of people every year, it started, it started because there were people who were hungry and some homeless people who were coming to the door and asking the secretaries of the church if they could have any food. And those secretaries began to share their meal with them. That's how it all started. What if those secretaries would have said, no, I'm too busy? What if they would not have been open to the needs of their particular place? What a shame if inasmuch wouldn't be there today because of that. But they were open to the needs of their particular place. And they began to minister. And out of that, they began asking questions. Well, this person has this problem. How can we help? This person has this problem. How we can help? And it's grown over 30 years to what it is today. The ministry of... We have a group of women from our church and groups of other churches who go into the strip clubs here in Fort Wayne and simply sit and minister to the the dancers there, seek to meet their needs, pray with them, ask how they can help. That is a ministry that is very particular to the needs of this place. I don't know why Fort Wayne has so many strip clubs. I don't know. It's ridiculous how many we have. But that ministry is addressing a particular need and a particular challenge here in our city. We support other ministries like International House 
there are more and more and more and more newcomers coming to our city from all over the world. Now, you can be upset with that. You can be angry with that. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited that we have a ministry like International House that we get to be a part of. And that we get to serve and to bless and to welcome and to show hospitality. Because, oh, by the way, First Peter 4 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> Hope Alive, a ministry that helps women in crisis. These are all ministries that are particular, particular to the needs and challenges of our place. Paul addressed his letter to the Ephesians in this way, to the saints in Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. If we were writing a letter to us today, he would say, to the saints in Fort Wayne, the faithful in Christ Jesus, because that is what we are. We are in Fort Wayne, and we are in Christ Jesus. And as we seek to be good stewards of our mission, we have to pay attention to the needs of our place and to know what God's up to and to join with him in whatever he is doing. And I'm excited over the last few years, there's a lot of attention and a lot of investment taking place in downtown Fort Wayne. A huge amount of development taking place down here. Apartments and condos and businesses being built, more and more people moving downtown, more and more businesses moving downtown. In the next three to five years, $300 million of investment to rehab the GE building just five blocks south of us. Friends, the next few years are going to provide opportunities for ministry that we cannot even imagine yet. But God knows exactly what they are. And he's calling us to be good stewards of this property because we've been located here to make sure that this property is being used for the very best that it can be for his sake. So we've been called here to this place at Broadway and Wayne, called to be a family and called to connect others to Christ. And part of that is to be sure that we are taking good care of this building that God has given to us. And as I've said a couple times already, making sure that it's being used for the best that it can be used for the sake of the mission that God has for us. So for those of you who have not been able to be at any of the house meetings, uh, these meetings usually lasted two hours. I am not going to keep you here for two hours to talk about this. I'm going to go through this presentation very fast, about five minutes, okay? I'm just going to show you the, the very basics of what we feel like God is calling us to do. If you have not been able to be a part of these meetings yet, I invite you today. I'm going to be in the Common Grounds room uh, right after the service. If you have any questions that you want to ask, any comments, any feedback, whatever you want to talk about uh, today, if you have any questions, even if you've already been to one of the house meetings, but hey, there's been this question that I've had, please feel free to come, and we'll just be in there to, to chat about the project a bit. But this project is seeking to meet practical needs and also to create opportunities for ministry. Meeting practical needs and creating opportunities for ministry. So let's talk a little bit about the projects. I've already mentioned the meeting room in Rock Hill, Entourage. (laughs) So... The size of their meeting room is small. (laughs) And so right now, um, uh, Randy and some others from the church are almost finished with the room upstairs. That's going to about double the space of the meeting uh, space that they have right now. Praise God for a growing youth group, for a vibrant youth group, and that this is something that needed to happen. (laughs) 
this house that the youth group meets in and that we also have an apartment in that our missionaries uh, stay at, it just needs some repair. It's an, it's an old house um, and we want to, as we're here in the West Central neighborhood, to be good stewards of this property that God has given to us and to make sure that this property uh, looks like we care about it. We also go on to improve the fellowship and in the library and coffee bar area. A lot of churches have the great benefit of having a place to gather. You kind of walk into the church and there's kind of this big foyer open area where you can gather before church. We don't have that at Broadway, uh, but we have this fellowship and coffee bar area that really serves that same role and function for us uh, here at Broadway. But it's really tight up there. <laughs> there's 300, 350 people here on Sunday morning. That's kind of where we all gather after church. And so there's some space up here that we are going to improve. Uh, first of all is this, what we call the deck room. It's one of our main classrooms. Uh, right now there is a wall right here that's going to come down and we're going to open up that space, uh, give us a bigger um, area to have meetings and gathering spaces in the deck room. We're also going to take the coffee bar right now. It's gonna stay a coffee bar, but it's also going to enlarge it and make it also a warming kitchen. Most of our meals happen on that level. And so um, we're gonna, you know, most of our, especially our funeral meals happen on that level. So we're gonna get a kitchen in there. I know Anne just wants to stand up and dance right now about this. <laughs> we're gonna enlarge the kitchen and, uh, and, and make that much more usable space. Okay, by the way, I'm sorry. Does everybody know where we are in the church right now? Okay. Okay, I know that, but in the church right here. It's good. It's good. Okay, so this is the, the coffee bar space here. Okay, right up here. This is what it looks like now. There are, there's the wall and the, the two doors right there. Beyond those doors are two rooms that aren't being used. And so when one of our very early walks around the church, the elders thought, you know, these rooms are not being used very, used very well. And so how can we use them to the best of their ability? Um, and so it's going to look something like this. I'm gonna open it up and those will also come down and it will then be connected into the library, okay? So that's a very, very quick explanation of what's happening in that fellowship area. Also, bathrooms. Seriously. <laughs> so our plan for the bathrooms. Um, there's where the women's bathroom is right now. The nursery is right next to it. We are going to... <laughs> we are going to take the nursery upstairs. And we're going to have women's and men's bathrooms all along that wall, all the way to the library, okay? We have to those. On the gym level, uh, so if you go down uh, to where the kitchen is, right next to the kitchen, we plan to put uh, men's and women's bathrooms right there, down there, next to the kitchen. So when we have events down at the gym level, that uh, there'll be bathrooms down there as well. Then the elevator. Okay, so this is what the outside of the building right over here looks like, okay? So this is those doors at the bottom um, lead up into the parlor, into the deck room. Everybody know where we are? Okay. So we're going to be building an elevator there. So there's an elevator shaft that will run on the outside of the building, and there's going to be a walkway connected from those, basically where those glass double doors are, all the way up to right there. Okay. So those Stained glass windows will come out. There'll be a wall that will be opened up there and a hallway that will walk down to the elevator and the elevator will hit all the floors through the property. 
We will preserve and, and use those um, stained glass windows in some way, perhaps along the walkway or in some other way, or yeah, we'll see what, what happens, but we won't just ruin them, I promise. <laughs> okay. So, five minutes on the projects. That was a two-hour presentation in five minutes, okay? Not bad. <laughs> and, and like I said, um, have some questions. We'll be able to kind of look at more details of the pictures up in the coffee bar area afterwards today. Oh, and also, as you leave today, if you haven't already, uh, we have some refrigerator magnets that say connecting our family together and connecting our community to Christ. Uh, please feel free. There'll be a couple people at the doors, at each door. If you don't have one yet, please take one as you go, and please put it on your refrigerator and remember to be praying for us, okay? Next steps. I want to talk about the cost of the project. It's not free. <laughs> so the cost of the project is $850,000, okay? It's, it's a big number, but we have a big God, and we believe that this is going to happen. We believe that God has led us in this. We have sought the Lord's direction. We have prayed and fasted. We believe that this, at least at this point of time, is going to take steps to make the, this building the best that it can be used for our various church ministries. And so please be praying about your giving. May the 7th. Two weeks from today, we are going to have a first fruits offering for this project. Okay? Your elders spent a year fasting and praying for this. Okay? At the house meetings, we asked those of you who were there to fast and to pray from that day until May the 7th. I want to ask for those of you who are just hearing about this for the next couple of weeks to spend intentional time in prayer. If fasting is a part of your spiritual life in fasting, asking that God um, would, would lead and that he would provide, okay? And what we're asking for for this offering is a sacrificial gift. We're asking for a sacrificial gift. See, because everyone can give a sacrificial gift. Not everyone can give $100,000. Not everyone can give $10,000. Not everyone can give $1,000. But everyone, in your own circumstances, in your own life right now, we want to ask, what would be a sacrificial gift for me, for this project, so that our church can continue to uh, carry out the mission that God has given to us? We thought about some clever, slick, slick ways to let you know about how to give. You know, maybe somebody could, you know sponsor one floor of the elevator and it would be this much and somebody could sponsor a bathroom and it would be this much or whatever but at the end of the day and in our prayer time this isn't about a slick advertising campaign this is about our relationship with God as Broadway Christian Church and we're asking for you to pray and to seek the Lord and ask what a sacrificial gift would be for you and for your family will you do that pray and to seek the Lord for what a sacrificial gift would be. So please join us in praying that God would connect our family together and our community to Christ, that God would increase our faith, and that God would provide. So the last thing that I want to say in regard to this project for this week, and this is becoming more and more important to me each step of the way, this project is going to increase our faith as a church. 
It was one of the very first meetings that the elders had with kind of an extended group of leaders at the church as we were telling them about this project. And at the end of the night, we asked, what are you, so, what are you most excited about? And we began listing things on the board about what we're most excited about if this would happen. And, and one person said, um, it's going to increase our faith. And I have to admit that up to that point, I really hadn't thought much about that. But since then, that has become more and more important to me. As I've watched our elders step out in faith, and I've watched them along this way pray and seek the Lord, this has been a project that has already increased my faith and has increased their faith. It's already borne that kind of fruit in our eldership over the last couple of years. And so this project is going to require your prayers, your spiritual activity of, of prayer and fasting, and we need and are asking you to join with us now, if you haven't already, to pray for the good work that God wants to do through all of this. Because this is going to be a challenge for our church. It's going to be a challenge financially. The project is going to be a challenge for us as we, as we stretch ourselves, and there's going to be a lot of inconveniences. Change is always hard. There's going to be times when the church is going to be messy over the next couple of years. Rooms aren't going to be ready. Ministries are going to have to adjust along the way. Projects are going to take longer than expected, and some of the projects are going to cost more than we thought. And through all of it, it's going to be an exercise of being a family. Are we going to be patient with one another? Are we going to learn to respond well in those situations to each other? So I'm excited, not just about the end product, although I'm excited about that. A year, two years from now, however long it takes. But all along the way, I'm excited to see what God does in us. And there's great reward in walking in faith together as a church, through sacrificing together, through working hard together. We'll have work days where we can all come in our grubby clothes and work all day together and get some things done. It's going to be something that we do together, and I am excited to see what God does, not just at the end, but all along the way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we are inheritors of a mission that began with Adam and Eve, inheritors of a mission that began with Abraham as you called him to go, that continued through your son, Jesus Christ, and that continues today through your spirit-filled church. We thank you that we are inheritors of a mission that you gave to Pastor Bob Yalberg and some other leaders of a church over 40 years ago that we get to continue to be a part of that today. We want to be faithful to it. We want to seek your will and your direction. And we ask that you would lead us along the way. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.